Good afternoon, sports world. What is good? Chris Dell here from Go Baller FFS and the Family Feud Sports Podcast here to bring you our Go Baller NBA playoff prediction special looking at all the Western Conference and Eastern Conference matchups sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former NFL, NCAA, NBA writer, covered all sports up and down the list and here to break down some NBA playoff action looking at the Western Conference first. We're going to be looking at the ones and twos, followed by the threes and fours, then moving over to the Eastern Conference. So without further ado, Mr. Allen Dell, Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves, what you got? How many games? Who's taking this thing home? Well, first of all, I don't think there's going to be, as I said before, I, I got a feeling all of these uh, games, these series, first round series can go six games. Can Minnesota win it? It's doubtful, but I think they can. they can go six games Force a six-game uh, series. I think a lot of it depends on Jimmy Butler, how healthy how healthy he is, how much he can play, how many minutes he played. He scored 31 points in the so-called playing game, the victory over Denver on Wednesday night. Uh, a key to this series could be Andrew Wiggins and how he can play defense on James Harden. That 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 is definitely the number one thing. Uh, and also Chris Paul, that somebody's got to defend him. Maybe Jimmy Butler, Butler and. Wiggins could switch on and off Paul and Harden. Uh, I think they can make a series. I think they can win a couple of games, but I don't think they have enough. Carl Anthony Towns, a lot of people like him. Uh, I mean, he's averaging 21 points, 12 rebounds. I don't think he has the athleticism and speed to go up against this uh, Houston team. So you're looking at overall, you said six games. So you got Houston winning at Minnesota in game six yeah. to wrap the series up. I, I think Minnesota's got what it takes to, to extend this to at least seven games and possibly win this series. I don't even think of it as much as an upset. This team is built for the playoffs. They play defense. Coach Thibodeau's guys there. Jimmy Butler obviously coming back. I think he's close to full strength or he's as close to full strength as he's going to get. And when you look at Carl Anthony Towns, they have the traditional center. They got the bigs down low, Taj Gibson. And uh, Gorju Jang, they got guys who can bang down low and get rebounds. If they can dictate the tempo and the pace in this series, they can win some games early and, and get a lead up on a, a team that may be a little mentally unstable outside of Chris Paul, yeah, D'Antoni, who's never gone far, got, gone far as expected in the playoffs, and James Harden as well, especially with his meltdown last year against the San Antonio Spurs, and almost every year he's been in the playoffs for that matter. So you look at that, all those factors combined. I mean, you got to shut you, you got to shut down Chris Harden and James uh, Chris Paul and James Harden. You got to shut those two guys down in somewhat, or, or at least contain them, keep them from going off for forty plus points. At least Harden on that side, make the guys like Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, make those guys beat you from outside. If, if they're going to beat you instead of uh, instead of Chris Paul and James Harden, then I think that's the way you got to go if you're the Timberwolves. So I, I think the Timberwolves have a more complete team in terms of the starting lineup, but their lack of depth may come back to hurt them. You know, besides Jamal Crawford, who could be an X factor in this series, they don't really have much coming off the bench. So it'd be interesting to see how these first couple games play out. I think if Houston goes up 2-0, you're, you're looking at a potential six-game series, like you said, for Houston. But if Minnesota can take one of these first two games and they're playing in the late game Sunday night, the, the, the 10-30 game, I think you're going to uh, see an interesting dynamic play out. And like I said, I, I don't look at it as too much of an upset. So you got Houston in six. I'm going to take Houston in seven games. I'm I'm close to picking Minnesota in this one. If Jimmy Butler wasn't coming off a knee surgery just in the last week or two, I would take Minnesota to win this series outright. But I think him just being a little less than 100% might prevent them from pulling off what could be one of the biggest upsets in a long time in the NBA playoffs, which would be an eight seed over a one seed. It doesn't happen too often. 
So let's move on to the second series here, the number two seed Golden State Warriors versus San Antonio Spurs. Greg Popovich, masterful coaching job this season. Obviously, without Kawhi Leonard, they're still able to do what they've done, win almost 50 games in the crowded Wild Wild Western Conference. Uh, And when you look at these two teams, I mean, Golden State's banged up. Not just Steph Curry being out for this series, but Draymond Green, banged up shoulder. You got Kevin Durant, obviously, still man in the fourth down there. But they're veteran guys who's helped them win titles in the past, like Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala. They're older now. And they're not, they're not as spry and as light on their feet as they have been in years past. And I think that that could play a factor when you're looking at a seven-game series with a very, um, uh, a very good team. San Antonio is a good team. They don't have the star power that Houston or Golden State does. They got LaMarcus Aldridge, who's the best big in, in, this, uh, in this matchup, hands down. So if he can hold down the fourth down low, control the boards, score 20, 30-plus points a game, they're going to need that scoring punch from him. Um, it depends how Klay Thompson, I, th- I think he's really the X factor for Golden State in this game because Kevin Durant's going to do his thing. But like we said, Draymond Green banged up, Steph Curry being out. They can't just win this series just with Kevin Durant. They need more than him. So uh, I-, I think that's going to be, if Klay Thompson can step up and be that number two scoring option, I think Golden State wins this in seven games. I think it's going to take a full seven games. I think if Klay Thompson gets banged up, or if they just have one of those two guys, you're going to see San Antonio win this in an upset. I got Golden State in seven. What say you? Yeah, well, I just don't understand or know where San Antonio is going to get its points from. Like, Aldridge is averaging 23. Leonard's out. He was averaging 16. And then there's three guys averaging uh, around 10 a game, led by Rudy Gay, 11.5. Gasol and Mills at 10. So I don't know where they're going to score their points. Maybe Ginobili will give us an, another reincarnation of himself. Maybe Tony Parker will come off the bench and uh, with some youth, some unfound youth. And that, that could be a big thing. Maybe Parker will be, be the secret weapon in this uh, series. But they're gonna, I just think they're, they find it hard. They're going to find it hard to score points. Uh, but again, as you said, the Golden State Warriors are banged up. Uh, Draymond Green, I, I, I think he's good on a good team. But if he's got a shoulder, a lot of the load it's gonna I don't think he has the ability to do that but I I gotta go with Golden State I'll I'll say they do it in six okay Golden State you got Golden State in six Houston in six I got the same but both of those series to me are gonna go seven games and I I wouldn't be surprised like I said to see an upset in either of these series Um, when you're looking at the Golden State Warriors we talked a little a little about it this week is that you go past the the big four you know of Durant Curry Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and then you got guys like Quinn Cook is their next leading scorer, nine and a half points a game. Nick Young, a, a, an aging David West, an aging, an aging Andre Iguodala, an aging Sean Livingston, uh, a kind of you know mediocre center at best, and Zaza Pachulia off the bench. These guys don't have much depth on this team, and they sacrificed that when they got Kevin Durant. They gave up that option of having some of that added depth on their team, and that could come back to hurt them because I think San Antonio's got a much deeper team in that sense. Dehonte Murray is, is, is the X factor for me. Forget about Tony Parker coming off the bench. Dehonte Murray could make a name for himself in this postseason. If he's matched up with Quinn Cook, you win that matchup. You win the Aldridge matchup against a banged up Draymond Green. San Antonio could just have a better team in this series point blank period, no matter what the pundits have said leading up to this playoff. So well, one, uh, yeah. expect a, a close competitive series. This is not going to be a blowout by any means. Yeah, one, one, one scary thing if you're a Golden State fan is they may have to rely on Nick Young a lot 
and Javon McGee, and that could be exactly could be problems. For and, and and look for Rudy Gay to step up. Look for Pal Gasol to step up. They they got good players on this team. Ginobili to step up. Patty Mills they had some threes from downtown. Danny Green, these same guys who have helped win a title in the past, they still got some of these guys back on their team. Aldridge in the number one scoring role. I think that's where he's most comfortable. And like I said, if this guy's averaging twenty ten each game, look out because you could see San Antonio win the, win this series in six or seven games. I wouldn't put it past them at all, especially with the coaching job Greg Popovich has done. Uh, let, let's move on to the 3-6 the matchup in the Western Conference. We're going to have uh, what some say could be the biggest blowout in the first round, even though it's a 3-6 and only one, one or two losses separate these guys in the standings. It's the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard, maybe one of the hottest superstars in the league right now, facing off against maybe the second hottest in the league with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. I think this is the biggest star-powered matchup in terms of leading player versus leading player on each team going at it in the first round. I think Lillard has more firepower around him, which is going to help him prevail in this series. I see Portland winning this in five or six games. I'm going to say six for now, although I wouldn't surprise to see it go seven. But I think Portland having the home court advantage will help them push through. We got McCollum in the backcourt with with Lillard on an off night there. So if he's able to, if, if he struggles a little bit, I think the other guys like Nurkic can pick it up uh, on, on the Pelican side of the ball. You know, give Alvin, Alvin Gentry credit for you know being one of the top coaches in the year. Another coach in consideration for coach of the year, along with Popovich, in my opinion. Uh, Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard both have put up MVP-worthy type seasons. I don't think either of them will get it, but they should definitely get some votes for the MVP trophy this year. Um, I think all said and done, I don't, I don't see either of these teams, regardless of which one wins this series, I don't see either of them winning the second round. So maybe the most inconsequential Western Conference first-round matchup, but I'm going to let you take it, Mr. Allendale. Who you got in this series? Well, uh, Portland, New is, Orleans. Uh, why is New Orleans in the West? I haven't figured that one out yet, but uh, for some reason they're in the Western Conference. Uh, they have limitations too, but uh, they, they played a lot better since the, the Marcus Cousins went down. Drew Holiday has played a lot better. He scored a lot more points. Uh, they do have some firepower with him from the outside and Meritick from the outside. And then uh, there's maybe Rajon Rondo can somehow find his old self and, and be a playmaker in the in the series. I mean, he did he did average eight eight point two assists per game. So uh, I, I think they got a shot. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go with Portland because they have home court. Uh, Six games again. I'm going six on this one. So six games again. So sticking to the chalk in this one. You got all the home teams winning by six games in these series. Um, Yeah, I I think that this could be a really exciting matchup between Lillard and Anthony Davis, two of the biggest stars in the league for a long time to come for the next, what, 10, 15 plus years. It looks like possibility right now. So I, I think Portland has a lot to prove. I think they're a team that They've been coming on this path for a while now with that core of Lillard, McCollum, and Nurkic down low. Those three guys right there could resemble a championship contending core if they continue to improve. And and it's it's all on Lillard. He's the superstar. He no longer has LaMarcus Aldridge to team up with. You know, they've had some big wins in the playoffs in the past. I think this is the year Lillard starts to establish himself as one of the best guards in the league and something that he should have already been getting in terms of guys like Westbrook, Chris Paul, James Harden. Lillard is right up there with those guys. And moving on to maybe the most competitive or at least most exciting, controversial matchup of the first rounds, the Oklahoma City Thunder 
What can you make out of these guys? I don't know. Going up against the Utah Jazz, both teams, 48 and 34, identical records in the regular season. I said it in the last podcast, I got the Utah Jazz winning the whole thing with Houston being overrated in the playoffs and the regular season team with Golden State being banged up, Cleveland Cavaliers without Kyrie Irving, an overrated Toronto Raptors squad, no Kyrie Irving in Boston. It sets up a clean path for a team that plays defense and spreads the ball around and has a go-to leading superstar in the rookie Donovan Mitchell, who's already established himself as one of the top 20 to 25 players in this league. I got the Jazz winning this series easily, coasting through the first round, completely tearing apart Oklahoma's uh, facade of a big three. I don't think Paul George steps up. I don't think Carmelo Anthony steps up. I think Russell Westbrook continues to chuck, chuck, chuck the ball up and miss and get many bricks in this series. Although he might get a triple-double every game because that's just what he does. Give me Utah winning this series in six games. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep or even in five. I got Utah in six, the first real upset in this playoffs in the Western Conference. What say you in this one? Yeah, well, I don't consider it an upset if Utah wins. I think they me should neither. be yeah. the favorite. For some reason, they're not getting any respect. I, I don't know. They're, people are fixated on the so-called big three. To me, the big three at uh, the Rockets, excuse me, Oklahoma City, is Steven Adams. He's the third guy, not Carmelo Anthony. Uh, they, they, there's people that are saying he's going to redeem himself. I'm, I've watched almost every Nick game last year. Carmelo struggled to close. He can't do it anymore. He doesn't have the explosiveness that he used to have. And he never played defense anywhere and never really concentrated on rebounds. So I, I, I don't see where he's going to help. This is a really good team. They say the pundits, critics say Donovan Mitchell's going to struggle because he's a rookie and it's his first playoff. But there's a pretty other good guard on the, on the floor, Ricky Rubio, who's a really – Reinventing himself, he's scoring now. He's averaging 13 a game, and Rudy Gobert is is, is a load, especially defensively. Right, front runner for so defensive player. So I think he's going to give Steve there. Adams a, a lot of problems. Uh, yeah, I I, I think uh, Joe Ingles is shooting 44 percent on threes. Uh, there's a definite edge, advantaging and coaching. Utah in this series. Yeah, an, another guy, like I said, it's, it seems like most of these uh, Coach of the Year candidates are from the West, what, outside of Brad Stevens this year? Maybe some people might say Dwayne Casey. I wouldn't say that, but I, I think you look at Coach of the Year candidates, you got Brad Stevens in Boston, and then you got the three or four guys in the Western Conference, which to me is Greg Popovich of the Spurs, Quinn Snyder of the Jazz, and Alvin Gentry with the Pelicans. All these guys have done tremendous coaching jobs, over-exceeded e- expectations, to say the least, on this season, and moving into the play which one will actually be able to get the extra playoff push and not just have the regular season success. And when you look at the Jazz overall, you mentioned Ricky Rubio. Uh, This is a guy that he's averaging a career high in points, 13-plus points per game. He's actually hitting outside shots and three-pointers with consistency. All of his shooting percentages have gone up on the year, even though his assists are down. But that's actually good because now teams can't just play off him and make him shoot. They actually have to go out and defend him. That opens up things for Joe Ingles, for Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert down low. you got to win playoff games with defense. You know, Not every year do you get a team like the Golden State Warriors who can just knock three after three after three down. And I think this is going to be the year where we go back to the old adage that defense wins championships. And if defense wins championships, the Jazz are one of the front runners to win the championship this year. Uh, so, I, I mean, that, that's, that pretty much wraps it up for the Western Conference. You said you got the Golden State Warriors. Are, are, you, are you still feeling good about that pick to make it out of the West for our last podcast? It, but I'll, I'll take him right now, but a, a lot can happen if, if, if Steph Curry doesn't come back. I, I don't know who can challenge. Maybe you're right. Maybe Utah can, Utah can do it. They're the team that can 
up in Golden State. So, so if Golden State, let's say Curry does not come back or doesn't come back at full strength, who's who's your number two? I asked you this in the last podcast. You still got Houston as your number two. Who's your number two team to come out of the Western Conference? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Utah. Oh, okay. Jumping on the bandwagon now, Mr. Allen Dell. Utah Jazz. I'm telling you, this is the year. Defense wins championships. Donovan Mitchell could be the first rookie to win. NBA Finals MVP. Say that again. NBA Finals MVP for Donovan Mitchell if the Jazz get that far and do it. And they'll have an even easier matchup in the finals against the Eastern Conference. We'll be right back with our Eastern Conference matchups here on Go Baller FFS, our NBA Playoff Prediction Special. Peace out. Welcome back, sports world, to Go Baller FFS and the Family Feud Sports Podcast. Here to bring you part two of our Go Baller NBA playoff prediction special. Now moving over to the Eastern Conference, away from the Wild Wild West, and looking at some maybe not as appetizing matchups if you're a, a pure basketball hoops head, a hardwood fanatic here. But nonetheless, we got some exciting matchups to say the least. And another slate of potential upsets on the horizon for the Eastern Conference and the NBA playoffs overall. The Toronto Raptors been in the driver's seat all year in the East, finishing 59 and 23 on the season. A pretty damn good 34 and 7 home record overall, 40 and 12 in the conference. However, the one stat that I will bring up again, as we talked about on our last show, is that the Toronto Raptors are just a few games above 500 when it comes to playing teams over 500. So they've really done their damage against the bottom feeders, aka the tankers of the league. Mr. Allendale, what say you? Toronto Raptors, Washington Wizards. Who you got? How many games and why? Well, this is an interesting one. Uh... This Washington team, remember how well they played in the playoffs last year, and their record's not that good this year because they missed John Wall for a good, a good number of games. I don't know exact amount, but it was good. It was at the, towards the end of the season. So I can see if, if Washington can play up to their potential with Bradley Bill, John Wall, Otto Porter, uh, they, they could uh, you know they could cause a lot of havoc. And don't forget Gortat, the big man in the middle. Um, Toronto is... We, you know, their record uh, in the playoffs hasn't been very good. For so they, they've reason. lost 10 straight game ones yeah. in the playoffs. I mean, is that going to continue? You see Washington stealing game one in this in this series. I can what? see them winning. Uh, I can see them winning this series. If they can play up to their healthy potential, and that can be a problem because of the firepower they have, and they play the way they, they know they can, yeah, I can see an upset in this series. But I... Do you have the cojones to call it? Are you calling? You've going, been going chalk, man, all these picks. What's, what's your pick, man? Who you got? Lay it on me. Uh, I'll go with Washington. Why not? So I'm Washington in, <laughs> in six because they're going to win that six game. You got Washington in six. Yeah. You putting a stamp on that one, Mr. Allendale? Yeah, Is it the godfather gets bold on us? First series out of the Eastern Conference, Washington Wizards in six games. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, I would pick the Washington Wizards if John Wall was still out because they've seen all season like they've played better without John Wall in there. And I don't know if you can have two ball-dominant guards having playoff success anymore in the NBA or even if it's hardly ever happened in NBA history. Bradley Beal and John Wall, they both need the ball in their hands a lot to create offense, to create opportunities for themselves and for their teammates. I know it's a it's a one and a two, but both play very similar styles at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, look, Bradley Beal has played and started in all 82 games this season. John Wall's at 41. He played in exactly half the games this year 
and and he's just coming back off that injury and and they've struggled a bit of, a bit of late when you look at the last 10 games leading into the playoffs Washington's three and seven they're the only team in the east we're actually the only team in the entire playoffs that had that bad of a record Golden State was four and six in their last 10 but obviously they were kind of coasting locking up that number two Washington had a chance to get into the seventh seed and lost at the Orlando Magic in the regular season finale against a Magic team that didn't even play any of their starters for most of the game. That was the game that I was at myself here in, in sunny, beautiful Florida. But, uh, you know, with all that set aside, I don't think that Washington has the chemistry uh, to be able to pull off that type of an upset. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised they go in there and win game one because Toronto, there's something in their head, some type of mental block where they're just incapable of winning these these regular season uh, these playoff series openers, excuse me. And you, I saw an interview with Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan, and they're they're you can see that they're they're putting their head down, they're shaking their head when people bring up the whole game one dilemma, right? And now they're telling their teammates because these guys are the leaders in the locker room, quote unquote, right? They're telling their teammates this is game seven, game one is game seven. And and I saw I believe it was on ESPN, Tracy McGrady, a new analyst there. He made a mention that these guys are putting too much pressure on, on, on themselves for game one. You know, now now it's become a, a thing where, oh, we have to win game one. Game one is game one. Yeah, game one is never going to be a game seven, right? So are, are the Raptors putting too much pressure on themselves to, to not get upset or at least in the first game? Well, I think the pressure's already been there. It's there. No, it's there. But how do you handle it is my question. Yeah. That, that's that's what I'm saying overall. You look at it, but I, uh, let, let's get back to the picks. You got Washington winning this in six games. That's a hell of an upset pick right there in the first round. Wouldn't surprise me to see that happen. However, I'm gonna have to go with Toronto. I, I think Toronto takes this. I'm gonna go seven games with this one. I, I think all these playoff series are gonna be close. The the only one that I haven't picked seven games with yet. Uh, is the Oklahoma City Jazz Series, which I think the Jazz are going to take early and maybe even sweep that one. But let's move on to the next matchup in the Eastern Conference. Let's go to the two versus the seven. We got the Boston Celtics, the Kyrie Irvingless Celtics squad going up against the Milwaukee Bucks, the up-and-coming emerging stars, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jabari Parker playing well. He's back. Chris Middleton, an underrated forward who can score the ball. Malcolm Brogdon, my boy. Um, I like this team. Yeah, they don't have stability at the head coaching spot like the Celtics do. I think that's definitely going to play a factor in this series. I think, look, Boston's played well, and they've won games without Kyrie, and that says a lot about their coach. I told you this is exactly what Brad Stevens did with Butler in the NCAA tournament runs that they had. They didn't have any real superstar power. Yeah, they had Gordon Hayward. Okay, but they still made it deeper than and many people thought they were going to do. And, and these guys, they play defense as a team. They play offense as a team. I don't know. Milwaukee might get hot a few games. I still got Boston in this series. I got Boston winning this in seven games, another seven-game series. I don't know when it's going to stop. I think this could be the most seven-game series we ever see in the first round of the playoffs. What say you in this one, Mr. Allendale? Yeah, Boston without Kyrie Irving, that, that's a big drop. Without Gordon Hayward, but they haven't had him all year. This is a series that you want to pick Milwaukee. I mean, just because of the firepower they have, because of Giannis. And I got to go with them to, to win this series. How many games? I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, I'll say six. I'll say they get that six okay. game in Milwaukee. All right. 
Well, well, look. Here's the thing about Milwaukee. You can you can talk about star power all day long. If star power doesn't get you 44 and 38 in the decrepit Eastern Conference, we're talking about a terrible conference. And yet the Milwaukee Bucks with all their quote unquote star power. I want to be a Bucks believer. I said before the season started, I thought this would be the sleeper team to come out of the East. They have not shown that they can put it together as a team and win big ball games. These guys are they're, they're six games above 500, right? I mean, come on. That, to me, that's not enough. Even to upend and upset a team that's missing their superstar. Well, missing their top two superstars in Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. Give me, give me the team that's going to play better defense for an entire seven-game series. That's going to be more focused in terms of the X and O's and the small things. And that's why I like Boston in this series. Maybe even in six games. I think a disappointing first-round exit for those who are thinking the Bucks are going to upset. Uh, let's move on to... What maybe one of the matchups you're looking forward to the most? Philadelphia 76ers in the third seed. Philly winners of 16 games whoa, in a row. Whoa, whoa, wait, That's know, one six, one six games in a row going up against the Miami Heat. Well, let, let, are, are, are we sniffing an upset from the Godfather well, first in this one? Of all, out of the 16 games Philadelphia has won in that 16 game win streak, 13 of those victories have been against non-playoffs teams. Against and, the Tankers. And 12 have been against teams with losing records. The only one team they beat with a winning record in that streak was Denver. So, uh, oh, okay. I, I mean. So, not some people are I mean, talking about very much when I they're mean, talking about yeah, Philly, I huh? Mean, you look at the teams they beat during the 16-game Knicks twice, Brooklyn twice, Charlotte twice, uh, Memphis, Orlando. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Atlanta twice. So so what so what you what are you thinking about in this series? Are you you think you're taking the upset? I mean, you, you got two upset picks so far. You picked the Bucks. You picked the Wizards to beat the Raptors. Bucks over the Celtics. Are you taking a third straight yeah, upset I'm, I'm taking, in the Eastern Conference? Are you saying the Heat are going to win this series against I'll the take Sixers? I'll the Heat in seven. I'll, I'll, I'll say they get that last one in Philadelphia. All right, man. Let's see. I guess taking advantage of the inexperience. And then Embiid might not play. Well, it looks like Embiid's going to play. You know how healthy he is, and if he gets re-injured, obviously that's up in the air, and that could happen at any moment. But when you look at it, it looks like Joel Embiid could be cleared to play in Game One. And this is the type of series that we, we talked about in the last one with, with the Celtics and playing as a team. Eric Spolstra is an underrated coach. This guy can get his guys to play together for 48 minutes at a time, play solid basketball on both ends of the floor, play tight-knit basketball on defense especially. And I think that they could really put a scare into these Sixers. Ben Simmons never been here before, and Bede's never been here before. Who's their best veteran on the team? What, J.J. Redick? I mean, the guy's had a little success with the Clippers, but nothing more than a role player on that team. Brett Brown, no playoff coaching experience for him. I, I like the Heat in this series. I'm going to go Heat and six. I think that the two teams in the East that people think could be the upstart squads, which is Milwaukee and Philly, I think they're just not there yet. I, I like the future of these two teams. I like the future of the Sixers. I think they cheated to get there with all the tanking that they did. It was absolute, uh, what, just an absolute shame to the rest of the NBA of what they did and I put mean, their they, fans through for all these years. And, and, and I think karma's... Karma's a bitch, and it's going to come back to bite the 76ers, and I think the Heat are going to win this series. They're going to win it handily. People are going to be shaking and scratching their heads, and it's going to be a damn shame if Ben Simmons wins Rookie of the Year because that award belongs to Donovan oh, Mitchell. The thing man. that's going to hurt uh, the Sixers is Ben Simmons is a point guard, so he's going to have the ball in his hands, particularly late in the game. He shoot, he's shooting 56% from the free throw line overall and 45% in the fourth quarter, so... That's going to be a major problem for them in a close game. 
I mean, you uh, are going to keep the ball away from him? Yeah, no, absolutely. The guy can't make a jump shot. He's not making jump shots. He can shoot in the paint, and, and, and defenses are going to adjust in a seven-game series. And he comes out and sets the world on fire, gets 15 assists, 20 points in the first game. You, you don't think that Eric Spolster is going to make some adjustments. Eric Spolster's got championship coaching experience. And you look at Goran Dragic is, is one hell of a point guard, and, and this guy can put up point, points and shoot from the outside, unlike Ben Simmons can. Uh, you look at you know guys like Hassan Whiteside, who, ha- who has a point to prove in this series with the little beef between him and Joel Embiid, and obviously Dwayne Wade. You can't you, you can't knock you can't count out the savvy veteran and knock him out so early. I, I think his presence there is going to help the Heat as well. I, I think that this is a prime matchup for them to pull an upset. And they, they played well against the Sixers this season. I like the Heat in six games. Give me that as the upset in the Eastern Conference. And how about the final matchup, the four or five? The Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James doing his king thing, going up against the Indiana Pacers. My boy Victor Oladipo holding it down, having a great year for Indiana this year. Uh, Mr. Allendale, the godfather, leave it up to you. Does Indiana have enough? Is this going to be your fourth straight Eastern Conference no, upset pick? I, I, I can see Cleveland. I think the games will be tight. They were tight last year. But Cleveland, because of LeBron, will pull it out. I, I, I'll, I'll take them in six. They'll win that last game or that six game on a road. All right, so you, so you got no series going less than six games in this whole first round, huh? East and West. No, I don't think so. Okay, all right. It's, it's going right. to be tight. It's not like previous years. No, no five game series, no sweeps for you in the cards, huh? Some people think Houston, but we'll see. Okay, so so what do you think about the Cavaliers? Do you think that this is going to be the easiest matchup for them? Well, going, like oh, last year, they swept. Indiana, but all the games were close, and I, I, I think I see them being close again. Well, they didn't have Victor Oladipo last year, and he's averaging over 23 points a game, over two and a half, oh, almost two and a half steals a game, over four assists, over five rebounds. Oladipo's playing, he's playing good basketball, right? The Orlando Magic should have never got rid of him. That's another story for another day as, as, a, as a crying Orlando Magic fan over here, but you look at a guy like Bogdan Bogdanovich, I mean, the guy shooting the lights out from downtown. Miles Turner is continuing to develop. The guy's averaging, what, almost two blocks a game. Uh, he, he could be a defensive force down low. I think this is like a young, spry team going up against maybe a, a, the aging veteran team. Uh, we'll see what gives in this one. I think it's going to be close, although I think Indiana wins a few games early. I, I also agree with you. I got Cleveland winning in six. I think they got, they'll have no problem winning game six in Indiana to take care and wrap up this series overall. And uh, I, I think this could be the toughest matchup for the Cavaliers overall in the Eastern Conference when you look at potential second-round matchup where they'd be playing the Raptors or the Wizards. Uh, Cleveland's had so much success against Toronto. It, it's it's not just physically; it's a mental advantage that they have too. I, I I don't think they'll need even six games, maybe four or five games to take care of them in the second round. Or if it's the Wizards, I don't see either of those two teams. I I think even in the you look at the potential what uh, Eastern Conference Championship matchup, they could be playing Boston, uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Miami. I think this Indiana team could be the second best team in the East outside of Cleveland. It's just crazy how the cards wind up falling that they're going to be playing each other in the first round. So I think expect, even though I say six games for Cleveland, expect a very competitive series up and down. And don't be surprised to see Indiana take an early 2-1 uh, series lead or maybe even a 3-1 series lead where the cards could really be stacked against LeBron. He's He's got to come out and do his MVP thing. So uh, I, I think that once we've broken, breaking all, broken all these down, looking at top to, top to bottom all these series, I think we're going to see maybe the most competitive first round that we've ever seen or that we've seen in a long time. That, that's for sure. I know there's about 
somewhere in the last five, six, seven years, there was one year where we had a bunch of game sevens. I don't think we're going to see any short series. We're both on the same boat. No series go less than six games in the first round. Are you still sticking to your guns for the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors to meet up in the finals? Yeah, I'll go with that. All right, we'll see about that, man. Like I said, I'm going... Nothing's definite this year. I'm going Utah, and I'm going Cleveland, and we're going to see the matchup in the former trade. Guys like George Hill, Rodney Hood, Jay Crowder duking it out who's gonna see who won the most of that trade right there we'll see how it goes we're gonna be back next week with some more nba breakdown here break down some of these game ones and game twos moving forward here on go baller ffs and the family feud sports podcast thanks for tuning in sports world have a great weekend we'll see you next time